Welcome to Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast. This week on the show, we're focusing on all things women's rugby league. It promises to be a big year for the women's game, with more live coverage than ever before. And there's also the small matter of the World Cup coming up at the end of the year. To discuss all this, and more about her career, is the current York City Knights centre, Savannah Andrade. So, let's get into it. Uh, how did you get into the sport of rugby league? Um, so my brother's my brother plays. So I've always watched him growing up, and I used to support our local team, Huddersfield Giants. I used to go with my dad. Um, and then in about year nine, a rugby coach came into my school, and he was the coach of St Joseph's in Far Town um, for the girls. And so I tried it out at school. I knew I kind of wanted to get in it, into it at some point, and I loved it in school. Um, and then he'd asked me to come to his rugby team, so I went along. Um, actually, didn't quite enjoy the session. I thought the girls were a bit. Um, I thought it was a bit aggressive there, like it was a bit more laid back in school. So I actually stopped going to his club. I carried on doing it in school, um, and then I went back to his club later down the line, and then I've, I've not stopped since. Yeah. So were you not put off then? You know, you said you went back. Were you not apprehensive going back then? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I just had to like suck it up and be brave and go back. But when I first went, I thought the girls were a bit aggressive and I was like, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. But since then, I did it and I didn't stop then. So what tempted you to go back then? Um, I think because I carried on doing it in school, but the, with my high school, we didn't, we weren't getting like many games. We wasn't doing many competitions. I think we literally did like one game. The yeah. whole, like the whole was doing it in school. Um, so I, obviously with doing it with the club they were going to actually get game time so I think I just wanted to do it a little more. so I decided I need, to, I need to join a club Yeah. and, and already so I was like I'll go back to that team and see how it is yeah I remember being back at school as well they, they used to always have a big focus and then it all disappeared after a bit and then it's like yeah. what? Like the, obviously they pushed the lads to do it more but they just started this girls team yeah. but they weren't Many, not many high schools do push rugby for girls, so we won't get in many games. I think we did like one tournament and then had one game at our school. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But yeah. Uh, so in terms of women's rugby league, then um, when you started playing, like it's obviously come a long way. But what would you say is the, tell us the difference between from then and now? Um, so there's a lot more supporters of the game. Um, and now it's being streamed on like main main TV channels. We've been on BBC, we've been on Sky Sports, which back when I first started and started my first women's team, that was never even a thing for the women's game to be streamed at all. Yeah. And now we're on our with there's just such a bigger um, bigger amount of supporters following the game now. There's a lot more push and like the World Cup coming up, they're actually wanting to pay the women. So that's just such a big change. That would have never been on the cards. When I, when I started and even before that. So if if you get in the squad then, will you get a, a, a wage then for it? Yeah, it looks like it. If you, you've seen the post, it says that they're wanting to pay the women the same as the men, so right. I'm not sure how they're going to do that or if it'll be per game or 
Um, just if you're in the squad, I'm not sure what it'll be, but it looks like they're wanting to pay the women as the as they do the men, which will be great for the girls. Yeah. Especially if they're having off work or it's a lot of commitment. We're going to be in camps coming up to the World Cup, and that's a lot of time missed with your family, your friends um, at work. So at least that wage can cover it. Yeah. Although it is at home this year, so at least you don't have, you know, make a long oh, that, commitment out. Yeah. yeah. I think when the girls went last time, I think they had to cover their own flights or at least cover the time off work. And not everybody's work can be as flexible as others. So, yeah, it's great. It is great that it's at home and hopefully brings a lot of fans. Yeah. And back in 2017, Women's Super League sort of began. Uh, you were part of the Bradford team that were unbeaten. What was what was that like? Yeah, so as soon as I turned 16, um, I needed, like, I wanted to look for a women's team. And my mum had got in, touch, got in touch with the Bradford coach at the time, which was Mark Prescott, and said, can my daughter come down to trade? And I was so nervous because obviously I'd only done junior, junior rugby. And I just thought that's such a big step going to open age. And I was so nervous to go. But I did go. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then luckily I carried on. I had a holiday in between. So I missed a few weeks training then got back in absolutely loved it there um and then I joined I think I was it must have been like halfway through the season when I got there it must have been 2016 did about half a season as winger and then the next season that's when I was that's the season that we was unbeaten so that was just absolutely amazing um coming to such a great squad and the girls there were incredible yeah and so with that rebrand then going from you know like the, the normal and then they turning into it into the Super League how big how important do you think that sort of change was yeah i think it just makes it a lot more professional and it'll continue doing that with all the changes that you see in like last season was <laughs> i was like the biggest season so far after the women's rugby league the amount of times we got streamed talked about in all the newspapers it was so big i think that definitely brought in a lot of fans um, so from that rebranding it, it just makes it more professional where me like we're doing the same as the men and that's what we want to follow suit really yeah and then moved on to york um why did you decide decide to come over to york um so i'd been with bradford from being 16 until last year so i've, I've been there for years um really hard to leave but i'd got a, a call from Lindsay, who was the previous castleford coach and she told me about this new opportunity she'd been given she was going to be the head of women's rugby at york and she wanted to bring some players in so initially we had a, a meeting with the chairman and and he was explaining to us like he really wants to push the women's rugby at the club and the support we'd have there and obviously if, i don't know if you've been to the yacht but they've got some of the best facilities in the in for the women's super league it's it's such an amazing club um, so it was just an opportunity I couldn't say no to. Yeah, and it was a pretty new squad uh, last year. Did you expect to go so far that you did go? Um, absolutely not. I think um, I always say this before. I, when we so seven new players went originally, and we had one training session before we did our first game against Wigan, so we had no clue what we was gonna how we was gonna perform together we was a new team but the york girls are absolutely incredible like the nicest girls i've ever met so welcoming sometimes you might go to the team and feel a bit like intimidated we were like stepping in on their club seven new girls was quite a lot but they were honestly so welcoming and it's been absolutely amazing there and i didn't think we'd be finished as high as we did last season or get to 
get through all the matches we did, we did amazing. Yeah. So, what in the in terms of the success then was was the factor that you know you got along well and you had a bit of an understanding, even though it was a new a new squad. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I feel like not maybe not all teams would be as welcoming as the York girls were, and that would really uh, make an impact on performance. If you're not if you're not yeah. at a club that you're feeling welcome at, your performance isn't going to be as good as it as it can be. But the girls were so good. We worked really well together. Um, great coaching and great facilities as well. It's it's not a surprise we did as well as we did. Yeah. But yeah. At the, first went there really had no clue what to expect just thought it's a new start hopefully enjoy it here and obviously we did we did really well yeah and i imagine with better facilities and probably probably better than other clubs as well you know there's more chance for development sort of thing yeah 100 percent. they like like i said they do really want to push the women's sport there and I did, like even now all of our matches are double headers with the men our home games which is is just amazing it means that we can get some of the men supporters to stay behind and watch our games which I'm sure we will and because we had such a great season last season I think a lot of them want to go see how good the women's game is now yeah so what was the playing in the Challenge Cup final like then um incredible obviously there's a lot of build up towards it again streams on television which is just always great you can get all, even if you're even if you're supporters can't make it to the game it means at least they can watch it from home it, it was amazing obviously we didn't expect to get as far as we did so it was great getting that, that far and hopefully the same again this year yeah did, did you learn anything from losing to Saints then or well obviously Saints are such a great team that's that's where we want to be yeah this year we we started we started uh, at a point and that's where you want to build to so I think this season we we've got new players again. Obviously, training's been great, so I just think you carry on building on a platform. Eventually, you're gonna get to the top. Yeah, and I think that was the first time it was on the BBC, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's, that's amazing. Means a lot more coverage for the girls' sports. I, I bet a lot of people tuned into that. Yeah. So you know, such a big moment like that going into the final is it was it hard to sort of focus on the game rather than the occasion i guess it's um always when you've got like a big a big publicized game like that your first thought might not always be thinking about the game you might have nerves to just being on television but you've just got to go into it like you do every every other week and just focus on the game but it, it can be so easily you can be so easily distracted because of the the event around it, obviously interviews leading up to it, um, all the publicity. But you've just got to stay focused on the game. Yeah, and aims this year. I'm assuming you just want to beat Saints. I, I bet every team does in the league. Yeah. Um, in top last year, so they're the ones to beat. Fingers crossed, we can um, try and uh, give them a really good game. And we'll see how we do this season. Yeah, and you've got off to a pretty good start in Challenge Cup. It's a bit different with the group stages this year, but how have you how have you rated it so far? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, obviously, we've we're unbeaten. We've we've had we've played really well in the in, in the group, so it'll it'll be good going forward. Obviously, it's a little bit different, but I think we've all adapted well. And it's these games here are, are, are kind of the most important because this is where we could try out like new moves, see how our defense how our defence is and see what changes we need to make for when for when the league starts. So it is probably really good that we're doing it this way. It gives us a little bit of practice um 
move players around until we're happy and, and then we can go into the games in as strong as we can be. Yeah, and Super League, I think that's middle of May, am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. 15th and first game, yeah. Yeah, so and and the structure for that's also a bit different. Just tell people, uh, you know, what the structure is. Um. So yeah, we're playing our first game the fifteenth. We're playing against Huddersfield, and it will be a little bit different because obviously we won't have the the challenge cup in between us. So that's getting all out of the way to begin with. So it will be a little bit different how it is set out. Um. But like I said, all our games at home are. Double headers, so hopefully we can bring some people into watch that. Yeah, and t- two two separate uh, leagues of six, isn't it? With yeah, uh, a little bit different. They have split the league up. Um, they've got like a top six and then a bottom six. So yeah. that will that will be definitely different. But maybe we'll have some more competitive games at the top, and it might attract more people because they yeah. want to see those the really close games, which always excites people the most. You don't want a game where you're winning by. X yeah. Points. yeah when it's in the development stages the game you know you you want it to you know be competitive you don't want to see the 100 point score lines because i don't uh, think that does well for the the top players and the ones who are you know not yeah, as good yeah, from because you either say if you're on the winning side it's it's just that it's not going to be a very difficult game or if you're in the lower team you're not going to be able to show what you can actually do yeah um so it will the teams have a better chance against each other and that, like I said, I think the games will be tougher and more competitive in both leagues. Yeah. In terms of the grand final, I don't think the venue has been announced yet, has it? No, I don't think it has done yet. Yeah. Um, I've, it might have done. I'll have to have a look out, but I don't think so. Yeah, well, I was looking. I don't think it has. But obviously a natural progression would, would probably be to have it in line with, you know, the men's and at Old Trafford, yeah. you know, maybe a curtain raiser to that. Yeah, that would that is obviously where the women's game needs to go. Um, and look at all the supporters we'd have watching us before the men. That would be really good. And yeah. hopefully push that fan base. I think especially leading up, up. Yeah, I think last year's grand final got the the, the highest attendance, didn't it? A four and four and yeah. a bit thousand. Do you reckon mm-hmm. that can grow on this year? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, if that was the the greatest last year, who's to say that it's not going to be bigger and bigger every year? Which I'm sure it will be because the media behind it, um, everyone is pushing. There's there's new teams every year. Like Salford have just uh, started a girls team, and I'm sure every team will have a girls team by the end of the next couple of years. It's really a big thing at the moment. Everybody wants to be involved with the women's game. Yeah, and with it being on Sky Sports and things like the Sportsman as well, I suppose for m- people like growing up, like young girls growing up, they've got people to look up to. Perhaps maybe when you were growing up, there weren't that many role models. Yeah, um, especially with like the England as well, and all media behind that. The girls, are, the girls coming up, are certainly going to see um, their role models, and I'm I'm sure there there is many great there's loads of great girls on the squad anyway that are already role models for the girls and it's just like i said it's just going to continue growing they're going to have that support and they'll want it they'll want to do the same as the women that are in the women in the england squad now yeah and you 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 had a bit of a spell with the jamaican knives didn't you? you you went to la yeah um so yeah i ended up going to la last uh was it june or july and did a tournament out there 
So that, that was crazy. I flew from um, Heathrow by myself. So that was an 11 hour flight over to LA, which God. was crazy. First time I flew by myself, and especially that distance. But that was such a great opportunity. Uh, really enjoyed it. But this year I've just got to focus on uh, for England squad. What was LA like then? It was it was really good. It was nice to play in the, in the heat. Um, we did so. There was quite a few girls whose it was their first time representing Jamaica, as as it was mine. Um, so there was seven Jamaican girls. I think there was four from the US, one from Canada, and then me from Britain. And we only had I think we had we had five days to train, and then the the tournament was on the weekend. So. It was just a lot of like basics, getting to know each other. Um, we do a lot of, like team bonding on the evenings, but yeah, it was it it was it was great. Like I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it, and it was just nice to be in another country and yeah. playing playing the spot. But and it you, was very fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very fast game. Yeah, well, it it is a lot quicker in it with the with the shortest um, sides. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's just like sprinting the whole, the whole game. God, you've been knackered. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, um, so playing for England uh, back end of last year, I think that was your first game. Um, yep. So when did you actually find out that you were going to be starting? Um, I think it was only a couple of weeks before we was going. He'd Maybe a week or two before he was going, he'd announce the squad, so... Um, he just ha- came up to me. I was at was at Leeds Beckett. Came up to me, gave me a word. He just said, you, "You're going to be starting a centre." So that's when I found out it was while we was at the England program. Um, but what what a great opportunity that was! I really I really didn't expect it because I'd, I'd only just come back into the program a little bit before then. Um, so yeah, it was quite a shock to me, but I loved every minute of it. Yeah, and do you think you can cement your position then and get into the World Cup squad this year? I'm hoping so. Yeah, we've got a um, few more training sessions. I just need to, just need to show what I can do. And obviously, we've got this league to show what we're all capable of. Um, I think when we're playing matches, that's when you can really show your talent. So I, I can't wait for the league to start and play against those tougher sides. Yeah, that's when that's when that's when you can show what you're made of. And and lastly, do you think England can win the World Cup? Why not? Yeah. Um, in, Anyone can win it, I guess. Just how, how strong the train. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Savannah. Yeah, no problem. Cheers. Savannah Andrade there. Right, moving on. Let's talk about the weekend's action. And I think we best talk about Leeds because it's just madness what's going on at Leeds at the moment. There was a real, real buzz about Leeds, you know, before the start of the season. They'd added in Aidan Caesar and Blake Austin, who, you know, Blake Austin did well at Warrington, especially in his first year. Aidan Caesar showed promise of what he could do as well. I was impressed with a couple of performances that he had at Huddersfield. And these two played together back in, in the NRL. And everyone was saying, wow, you know, this halfback partnership. And, you know, they've got Mikolai Oledsky, who's a brilliant prop forward. You know, they got good talent. And you thought, you know, that first game with uh, on Channel 4, uh, with Warrington and Leeds, and you thought, 
this is two two big sides going head to head you know these two are definitely going to be in the playoffs probably you know might even meet in the semi-finals of the playoffs or whatever and these two have been one of the worst two sides in the league so far it's madness because in that game you know uh, Leeds had so many opportunities they pretty much dominated against Warrington actually but then they had I think 11 men for a period of the game and for most of the game they only had 12 so it was like Warrington got let off on that one because Warrington actually won it but I think that that game now we look at it very differently in that Leeds are a poor side and they can't kill teams and Warrington you know again they're poor as well but it was it were just two poor sides who who found you know gaps in def- in in each of the defence. How wrong was we watching that game? Anyway, and I, I I predicted Leeds to finish third as well this year, which seems just crazy now. To be honest, I've all, I've not been the biggest fan of Richard Agar. I've mentioned that I don't think he's a, a leader. Uh, on this podcast several times. I don't think the style of play they do is beneficial either. But he's he's gone now. And it seems like they, they was unprepared for it. But I don't see why they was unprepared for it. Because Richard Agar never seemed to be the the head coach. Or never seemed to be wanted, wanting to be the head coach. So we everybody knew he weren't going to be here for the long term. He, he doesn't seem to be a head coach type. He seems, he, if things go wrong, he's not the man who's going to lay down the law. It doesn't seem that way anyway. I think they need somebody who's going to ruffle some, a few feathers. But they seem shocked that he's gone. But for for several weeks before he went, he were hinting about it in press conferences and after the game, you know, saying, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore and things to that effect so it weren't a surprise that he went maybe maybe we're surprised that he went after a couple of games but they're now wondering who the hell they were getting now it seems like they're going over to australia but i don't i don't know i don't have a clue because british coaches i'm not sure there is one that fits the bill not one that's experienced enough anyway i don't think there's many if any you know you could go with danny ward but as he he did a remarkable job with London, but he's not had that you know top of the league experience that that you would say they need. I think they're playing to lose in a couple of weeks actually. If Toulouse win that, which they can, Toulouse can beat anyone. They've beaten Saint Helens, which nobody else has done. So Toulouse on the day, if they don't make mistakes, they can beat anyone. So. <laughs> that's not a foregone conclusion at all and it, it, I think this season's a write-off for Leeds and Warrington as well you know what actually what gets changed now for Leeds and Warrington all recruitment's already done you know you've changed the coach you're going to have to have a load of new ideas weeks of adapting to that you know the the season's over isn't it they, they might get in the playoffs because, you know, half of the league pretty much gets in the playoffs as well. So, you know, there's ample opportunity for the playoffs. But are they going to do anything in that? Well, surely they're not if this is how they're going to carry on. 
And it's interesting, isn't it? You know, when Ian Watson came over to Huddersfield, Aidan Caesar were frozen out pretty pretty soon on, pretty straight away. He didn't. Ian Watson weren't a fan at all. Now, I don't know what's been going on uh, in the Huddersfield dressing room or the training pitch, but clearly Ian Watson didn't have any time for Aidan Caesar. He were gone pretty much as soon as Ian Watson came in the door. So... It, does that say something about Aidan Caesar? You know, who knows? Draw your own conclusions. But for me, he's a, he's a good player on his day. So I was pretty surprised that Ian Watson did take that move actually back back last season because of all you know he's a, he's he's got talents that can be exploited, especially at a time when Huddersfield were struggling themselves. Now. Does that say something about Aidan Caesar's character? Well, you know, as I say, you can draw your own conclusions. Another team, though, who were shocking people is Wakefield because I had them down for relegation. I think they finished just above relegation last year. Uh, but they've got a new lease of life under Willie Porching because th- he, he only took over at end of last season as well. Uh, got... A, you know, some good wins last season under him, and they they just carrying it on. Mason Leno's been really good for them, but I suppose last year they were without Tom Johnston for pretty much the whole season, and he's back now, and, well, before last season, he were one of the main contenders. You, think, you know, he were one of the top players in Super League. We knew that already with his miraculous diving tries and... Is creating something out of nothing, let's say, and they were they were without him the whole of last year. So how much of an impact did that have? It's probably not good to be relying on a player like him, but you know, with, with Wakefield and the, the limited resources that they have in terms of other clubs, you you're gonna have to be having these X Factor players who probably make the difference. But um, yeah, he's back and he's. He's pretty on form again like he was before. And, you know, after being out for so long as well, to come back and just to play like you've never never been out before, he's, he's brilliant. Um, and at the weekend, you know, he pretty much he pretty much won it for Wakefield on his own. He was involved in all the tries. He scored a few. He assisted some. You know, Salford couldn't handle him. He was just... Easing through them, he weren't on in the second half, and that's when the comeback came on, because it it ended up being a tighter margin than what the game suggested, because in that first half, Salford were hammered. I think it were twenty four points to four, something like that. I think he got injured again as well. I'm not sure about that. Hopefully, that's not long term because they need him. If if they, if Wakefield are going to be the best they can be, he's got to be on the field. And Huddersfield as well, one that's doing all right, especially compared to last year. Many was expecting them to to really have a big year, but it didn't it didn't work out like that. But I mean, they've beat Catalan Dragons, so you know that's a big result. And and Ian Watson's one who's got faith in the young players as well. Oliver Russell, who we had on the show last season. Is he's really giving him opportunities? Will Price has had opportunities. Obviously, he's he's out 
for a number of games now because of that terrible tackle. But he's a young player, he's learning, and they've got potential Huddersfield. So, you know, I think they'll go about their business pretty quietly as well. I think they're going to go under the radar. Not many people are focusing on them now. The focus was on them last year with the new coach, the expectations. Whilst the expectations still there, I think less so because, you know, people are looking at Warrington and they're looking at Leeds and they're saying, whoa, what's going on here? And that might work in Huddersfield's favour, that they sort of go under the radar. I don't think many people saw them winning against Catalan Dragons. By the way, Hud- uh, Ian Watson's a bit of a mourner, isn't he? I mean, mourning about the delayed kickoff. I mean, what could Catalan Dragons do? The flight was delayed or cancelled or whatever. I-, I think they couldn't take off because of the winds or something. So they had to go on to Toulouse. I mean, you know, Catalans offer a lot to this league. I think they've had the record figures at the new camp, record attendance figures, that is, you know viewing figures as well on television. I think Catalan Dragons offer a lot to this game and it's a bit sort of self-interest to be going, well, you know, mourning about late kickoffs, just get on with it. I think he mourned about a couple of things previously as well. It's like, just focus on getting your team in order, you know what I mean? But in terms of the championship, you know, Batley, they're continuing their good form. You know, they shot people last year pretty much pretty much always the underdog. And I think Craig Lingard thrives off having that um, title. Always seems to get the right sort of player in. Always the right mentality. Beat Barrow as well. You know, they've been going really well. Especially, you know, they, they were only the first year back in the championship, but the fourth Barrow, which is, I mean, just a great result already. Four wins, one loss and one draw. And and they've played one less than quite a few of the teams ahead of them, so they they could be third as well. Halifax beat Whitehaven. Halifax not had the best of starts. We have mentioned this already, previous episodes. They've 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 beat, they've come up against you know some some of the big teams like Featherstone and Lee early on, so that might be a false position. But either way. You know, it's still not the best of starts for them when they got so far last year. But that win against Whitehaven, especially when I think Whitehaven were leading at half-time as well. So, you know, shows good character for that. And Whitehaven had, they had a lot of people like, injured as well after that big Saints game. Quite a few players were missing. But... You know, that's a good win because Whitehaven are a good team. We saw what they made of against St. Ellings. In League One, uh, Cornwall made their first game. At first, I I was looking at the score and I thought, oh God, you know, it's going to be another West Wales. Second half, they sort of turned it around. I think they scored about just under 20 points in the second half. So... They, they were sort of toe-to-toe in North Wales in the second half, but first half, it was tough. Time will tell. You know, games against teams like Midlands, London, Scholars, they'll be markers of where they're at because North Wales are one of the top teams in League One. But, yeah, I, su- I suppose it's 
nobody expected them to win at all because they've they've got a lot of rugby union players in as well, which you know it takes time to adjust to rugby league. So so far so good, I suppose. We'll see in the coming weeks how they fare, but no, not embarrassed. But hopefully, it's it's a good. Um, hopefully, it works out well because we do need to sort of go beyond the M62. Let's say Hunslet drew with Oldham, and that was a big comeback as well because Oldham were winning pretty well, pretty comfortably, and somehow they managed to not win. I do wonder about Oldham this year. Can they get promotion? I think it's going to be very, very tough. They've they've had to deal with a lot of departures. Whether they've got the best squad in the league, who knows? I would say perhaps not. So, but again, we'll we'll just have to wait and see with that. And and just after two rounds, only four teams are, are unbeaten. So. That shows the the strength of the league, I think. And it's going to be another good season in League One. That's pretty much it for this week. Uh, join me again next week where we've got the Bradford Bulls fullback, Elliot Hall. That's a good listen, so stay tuned for that. See you next week.